The subtle art of actually making a swing change. Are you committed or are you just waffling trying to figure it out? We're going to talk about that today. My name's Tim Connor. I'm a golf coach. I'm a PGA member, and I've spent my career trying to help golfers play their best golf, achieve and get close to their potential, and just help people with the game of golf. This podcast is my medium to kind of pass along what I get to see, learn, and some of the struggles, the day-to-day, the keeping it real of what actually happens in golf instruction. The cool thing about not being a major media source is I can be 100% transparent. And I hope you value that, and I hope you appreciate it. Let's kick it. Let's talk about the subtle art of actually making a swing change. Now, for some of you YouTube, YouTube deep divers, researchers, then there's a lot of you. And honestly, I was that person too. It's easy to find the information. And what I mean by that is if if you want to learn how to swing proper or have good technique or just learn anything about ball flight laws, stuff like that, in today's day and age with the internet... It's out there. We have amazing resources and much more incredible than it was when I was coming up. I was more hearing stories from like the older guys and gals at the course I was at. And, you know, those stories were passed along and there was some truth to that. And just as any story, it gets filtered along and some things change. But we are in the information era and that's rad. With that, we can quantify our swing changes and we can we're not guessing anymore. There's like no guessing in golf instruction. And I think that's cool. So let's talk about actually making a swing change, like committing to it and really, really doing it. Now I say information is the easy part because that's mostly true. You wanna learn how to fix a slice? Well, look up a YouTube video. One of the first things you'll find is how to fix a slice. The information is out there. There are multiple routes to success. So there's not only one route. There's not only one way to fix a slice. I think it's important to understand that. And the other thing to understand is like, because all too often a player will say, well, maybe this route didn't work for me. And that could be true. But maybe you didn't put in the work. Maybe you weren't committed to that. Maybe you didn't give it enough time. And these are all just thoughts. These are things that I'm saying to you because I want you to understand them. I'm not saying you fall into any of these categories, but I want you to know that they're there. And more often than not, a player will decommit from a swing change because they haven't experienced the positive results yet because they haven't got far enough down the road. Now you need to know when to hit the eject button and when to stay the course, and hopefully we can figure that out together today. Now, making a swing change. It starts with the information and the idea. For example, if you're a slicer, the first thing we're gonna do is we're gonna close your club face. There's a variety of ways to do that. One of those ways starts with the grip. After we've gripped it right, we can then move forward from there. For most of you, most of you are gripping it good enough. All right, now we're not gonna dive down a grip rabbit hole today. I want you to know that most of you aren't slicing it because of your grip. Your grip may encourage a slice, but you could also use your grip to not slice the golf ball. If we're talking about swing change here, we're gonna get that club face closed. I've talked a lot about that, but the main contributor is the lead arm, lead hand, and that for a right-handed golfer is your left hand, and that needs to twist counterclockwise you need if your if your grip is a screwdriver it needs to twist counterclockwise to close that face all right this episode is not about fixing a slice this is about making a swing change so let's not dig in too deep on that we're going to get the club face closed we have the information now what do you do well now you go practice the opposite of what you've been doing all too often a player thinks that they're going to go from hitting slices to hitting straight balls And in my experience, that is just not a sustainable way to make a change because you're going to slip back towards what's comfortable. 
And if you slip back, all of a sudden you went from a straight ball back to a fade, back to a slice. One thing leads to another, and maybe you didn't make a change at all. So we want to practice the opposite of what our weakness is. If you're a slicer, now you're a hooker. You're going to practice hooking the golf ball. And you're going to practice it enough until you have understanding and competence. That's different for everybody. But what that means to me is that if I asked you to hit 10 balls, you could perform the task at hand seven or eight times out of 10. That to me would be competence. And that would be competence during practice. Now I say that because the layers of making a change go something like this. And this is the important part. So get out your notepad. The first most important part is you have to be able to perform the task at hand in a controlled environment. That might be in your golf lesson. That might be at the practice range, but it's not going to be on the golf course. That's step one. You need to be able to perform the task at hand in a controlled environment. Step number two is you need to be able to perform the task at hand with some amount of simulated pressure. This, for example, would be playing in a practice round of golf, a non-meaningful round of golf, but being able to perform it competently. Step number three would be able to perform the task at hand in a meaningful round of golf. All right, now we're playing golf for a score. Now we need competence in that environment. And then step number four would be ownership, and it would be being able to perform the task at hand in a pressure-cooked environment. So that would mean when you're playing a tournament and you're on the back nine and you need to hit the shot that you trust, the shot that you trust is the shot that you've been working on or towards, all right? So there's all these layers of understanding and competence, and we don't just step from one to the next. In a utopia, that's what would happen, is you would step from one, and then you would go up to the next, and then the next, and then the next. But our learning curve is nonlinear, and we're going to have highs and lows. What's important is at the end of the day, at the end of the week, at the end of the month, that you've worked the right direction some amount. Day to day, there can be fluctuations. But we need to have that steady upward course, that trajectory that has us working the right direction. All right, so this is why it's so important in those early stages to exaggerate a swing change. Because when you go out and you play golf, if you've exaggerated it on the range and you have this old swing that you're a slicer, you were a slicer, you're a hooker on the range, chances are you're going to end up settling somewhere in the middle, meaning that you're probably going to hit it pretty straight, even if you're trying to hook it because you're just not there where you have the competence and the understanding of that movement yet. Yet is the key phrase there. Because you will, and you will with time and repetition. And how much time and repetition can be one of the most difficult things for me to estimate because, one, I don't know how focused you are. Two, I don't know how much you're going to go practice on your own. Three, everyone's different, and that's okay. So it's hard to estimate how much time it's going to take. But I can just tell you that you don't just go from A to B. You slice it, then you practice hooking it, and then you settle somewhere in the middle. And that's kind of how it works, and we got to do that in stages, and we have to be able to perform in the environments that I described earlier. So, for example, let's say you got good at hooking it in a practice round, or you can make the ball curve left confidently in a practice round. Now, go add some more pressure. Go play around where the golf is meaningful. Are you still capable? What And all we're really doing here, if we're just kind of breaking down the learning process is we are layering in stress. We're taking that stress and we're just adding another layer and another layer and another layer. And this is similar to what they might do in some type of, in many versions of training where we're learning different things. If you're learning math, can you do your homework? 
Well, then can you pass a test? Then can you pass your final exam? They're just layers of stress. It's, it's very similar in other sports, but I think in golf, there's just this mental mindset that there's a light bulb moment and it's going to be there and not disappear on you. And to just be very real with you for a minute, that mindset's so dangerous because you could be going the right direction and then you may back off because you think, hey, it went away. And it went away because it wasn't working. When it wasn't, wasn't working, you just slipped a gear. And that happens. That's to be expected. The learning curve is so much simpler if you expect these things to happen. My hope is that if you listen to this, that you do have an understanding of that and that it is helping you work through your personal learning curve. But that's the other thing you have to understand is like it is a very personal journey. Golf is you versus you. Because I learned the game at age 12 and I went all in right away and got pretty good by 15 or 16, that doesn't mean that you're going to follow the same steps I did because you're a different human being. You may learn faster or you may learn slower. What's important is that you enjoy the journey, you understand the process, you have a plan and you work your plan, but you're also willing to reassess that and be non-emotional about when you reassess what's going on. Because if you allow your emotions to dictate the decisions you're making, chances are you're going to end up in muddy waters. Anyway, I wanted to give you all a little inspiration and a little mindset talk. I think these things are fun. And honestly, as I look around, I think they're harder to find across major media. So it's been fun chatting with you all about that. I do like talking about golf swing stuff. I like talking about the mental side of golf. I like talking about coaching golf. So if you have any ideas, any things you want to see, I'm all ears. Send me an email. Reach out to me on my socials. I love hearing from y'all. Leave this thing a review. Share it with a friend. Share it with a slicer in your group. And I will catch you back here same time, same place next week.